Welcome to the NFT Project, a podcast where we explore the world of NFTs, decentralized technology, the blockchain, and all things related to the future of music. We're your hosts, Boy King Koi and Project DJ. On the podcast, we'll be highlighting projects we love, insights we've gained from others, as well as sharing what we've learned from running Project DJ. So join us every week as we find out how these blockchain technologies will shape the future of music and the world around us. This This is the the NFT NFT Project. Project. You guys both ready? (laughs) Is Brock asleep? Is Brock asleep? Are you just tired, mate, from from your big trip to Melbourne? Yeah, I I could have slept, but I just couldn't sleep in the morning. And then by the time we had breakfast and I was tired again, but then I had nowhere to sleep. Well, they're Classic. back. The boys are back. That, as you can see, Brock's, uh, as you heard, Brock's a little bit tired. They're a little bit tired from their trip. Um, today, uh, welcome to the NFT Project, everyone. Um, myself, Boy King Koi, Brock and Aaron from Project DJ. And today we're going to be talking about NFT Melbourne, which was uh, a little or big, little, they'll tell us in a minute, um, NFT conference in Melbourne uh, in Australia. So um, was this the first conference, NFT conference, that you guys have heard of in Australia? Like what's the go? What, give us a little well, we, rundown of the event. We actually heard the statistic at the event because obviously they, prefer, they want to promote the fact of what they're doing. So um, they were the biggest, um, uh, what is it, NFT event in Australia. That's happened now. Oh no! Um, I think he said Melbourne. I think he said Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne, did he? Yeah. Uh, but I also, oh. but I also, I also saw. I think that it was the first NFT event in Melbourne as well. So I guess if you're the first, you're also the biggest. <laughs> but maybe Sydney's had one. I feel like it might. Yeah. But um, but from from that's like not from what about? Yeah, and like there was a few people there. Like what, maybe four hundred ish? We we were saying. Pretty good. Yeah, today. the um sorry, I can't nod, it's a podcast. Sorry, Ron, I was just <laughs> nodding. Um, yeah, they had it at um billboards in a billboard uh in on Russell Street there in Melbourne City. Um we were like uh, Aaron was amazing enough to book a hotel literally next door to <laughs> the yeah. event. So we we walked out of the doors and into the event. Um but yeah, it seemed. I think at the start, it seemed like there was more people than uh, once you got into the room. So it was sold out, but it, you know they still made it comfortable um, enough to walk around it inside of. Um, I think the pitfall of it was that it wasn't a nightclub, and they may have overshot that mark a little bit um, with the music in between speakers and just like the overall volume and then not having an escape area for people to, to network and, and communicate with each other because, and, and like supplying us all with alcohol the whole time. I find it's the same at like at a play or a ballet or a comedy show. They don't really allow you to just go to the bar and get a drink whenever you want um, for a reason, because the crowd starts to murmur and, you know, get rowdy. Um, and that was happening over the night. So that was, a bit of a letdown, but um, we ended up finding a really good spot at the front for the second half, and that kind of elevated the the night for us a lot. I think. Yeah, as soon like as soon as we as soon as we got in, um, it was just like it was weird because it was like at a club, so like the the music that they had playing was super loud. So it's like it kind of eliminated any real like networking opportunity we wanted to do. Like Brock and I got a drink and then 
sat we're talking stood, to was, yeah stood somewhere at the back and yelling saw this guy and we were chatting but it was just like we were all just yelling at each other and it was just so it was difficult to hold a conversation because you just <laughs> can't first of all you can't hear anything it sounds like you and, guys were trying to pick up at a nightclub or something yeah like, <laughs> like literally <laughs> having flashbacks yeah and so um so yeah that was like it was like a bit of a weird atmosphere in that sense um and I guess the first couple of speakers um, that we listened to, we were up the back. So it was very, um, it, you could definitely hear the volume of everyone at the back talking to each other at the bar and all that kind of stuff. And that like, cause it's, it's a club, it's, there's not much room for the noise to go except for everywhere. So it was just very, very loud. Um, and like, there was like a couple of interruptions where they're trying to tell people to shut up and go somewhere else to, network but yeah it was just it was just real weird and then we as Brock said we got seats at the front um for the second half which um was a lot better um but yeah. yeah the real 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 highlight was uh the just DCL blogger um and was it what's his name from AO um yeah Ridley 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 something. yeah Ridley and um there was another speaker there with them and they were talking about the Australian Open dropping like how he literally only got the contract in February. So he didn't have much time to turn that around, that activation around really. And from what he was saying, it was a, it was a fairly big job. Wait, did you say February? Mm. Oh, it must have been February November. last year. No, 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 no. They got it in November. Oh, they got in November. Okay. February. To, do um, for the, to do for the Australian Open. Yeah, for which February. Which happened in January. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, I remember things very well. Uh, <laughs> I have to and, say, out um, of the two of you, Brock, you look a little bit tired, more tired than Aaron. What what happened there was? I don't. I don't. What are you partying? I didn't. I partying didn't harder. <laughs> anything? We um. Oh, we so couldn't really network, and then when um the event overall, though, as a as an initial event for Australia, I think it was it hit the mark. It did what it needed to do. Connected everyone. Um, they had a uh, a lovely gallery in the next room there's like a room called the bunker which was next like pretty much just connected to the same room but just around the corner and there was all nfts uh on televisions there whether they're moving or just images um they had some other nft art in there as well which was really cool but um masked wolf played at the end and then that was really really loud so <laughs> and it, it kind of because it was a wednesday and the kind of crowd you know track with nfts it was kind of like, okay, everyone went home because they were either at work or whatever the next day. So Mask Wolf played to a fairly all right crowd. I think 100 people or so stayed. But then by then it was like, oh, there's no networking opportunities left in here. It's loud as loud as hell and we can't really talk to anyone. So we left and met up with a DJ mate uh, of Aaron's and went to, where did we go? Like a club around the called Her. Yeah. And then just talked about <laughs> NFTs and where they're going to go with music. Yeah, for the next hour or two at a bar, having some espresso martinis. That was a good, good little was, uh, Melbourne trip away. How good? Yeah. How good is going to a Melbourne rooftop bar on a Wednesday at midnight <laughs> and still being able to get drinks? We could have got food. Yeah, I was still serving food, so it's uh, it's definitely a different uh, a change of pace from the Gold Coast where we live, where everything shut at seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what were they talking about in these? Because there's two sessions I saw. Um, was it just sort of an open discussion or did was there topics or were they discussing their projects? What was the sort of, 
you know, the actual content. The, 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 the first one was kind of like um, creating a project and marketing it, I think, initially. So there was like founders that had kind of just started their projects or had just finished minting their projects. Um, yep. They were talking about building your community. Um, I think was the real focus on that. We didn't really learn much because obviously we're so heavy in spaces that most of the information that they were saying is stuff that you can you can find out on the daily um, from any good space. Yeah. Uh, then it was some female-led Aussie projects. Um, oh, cool. So Aussie Mates was in there. Bianca from Aussie Mates, shout out. Um, they all had some great stuff to say as well. Like they would, it was more just um, talking about looking after each other um, as project founders and, and sort of trying to push the space forward instead of just copy pasting what other projects are doing. Yep. Um, the third, the second lot was more, I think that the last speakers were artists that had turned into NFT. So like actual IRL, like painters and, and, yep. um, sculptors that, yeah. yeah, visual artists that turned, that hadn't used procreate or anything like that before. And then had done that over the last year and then, built an nft platform so like kind of getting in that head of the creator that's saying like it's okay you can move into this space too which is really positive and then what were what were really in that talking about mainly it was just talking like about like how web3 existential like in, impacting stuff, like yeah. events and experiences yeah, and stuff like yeah, that yeah. so obviously picture, ridley yeah. from australian open was like a great case study on that um about how you can marry a real life event with NFTs. we actually we actually caught some alpha on that too where he was they were kind of hinting him and Lewis that uh, so the company that helped Ridley activate the NFT project for Australian Open um, were mentioning and kind of like winking at the crowd that the 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 NFTs from the Australian Open could um, for the next year and for the future um, you know give you access and experiences for for coming events. So yeah. For those out there that are interested in tennis, grabbing an Australian Open NFT might be a play for, you know, to look after yourself over the next five to 10 years. And so needless to say, I'm getting a ball. That's what I was yeah. going to say. So Aaron's, Aaron's, in. Aaron's in. For anyone who doesn't know, he uh, he went down on his birthday to uh, Australian Open when we were recording one of the episodes. So, um, And famously, famously, I missed out on like a golden grail uh, tennis ball basically if like real quick to sum it up the Australian Open NFTs if you didn't see them was there was like a, they had like a court and it, the court was divided up into 19 centimetres by 19 centimetre plots and you could buy an NFT which represented that plot on the court and then That's cool. while watching the Australian Open if a player wins their match point on your plot your your NFT gets updated with the statistic that like oh Rafael Nadal won his round 3 match or something on that and then so if you got a championship point ball so like someone won the championship on your plot you got you like NFT upgraded to like this gold casing and stuff and then they was also, they were also going to send you the championship ball well the winning they, ball. Like the physical yeah, ball. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so it's like it takes like 24 hours to update the um to update all the NFTs and stuff. So you could actually start taking a punt. Yeah. You could you could take a punt and look on the court to where you think that like if you're watching the match, you could kind of see where the ball hit and you could make a punt and go, Oh yeah, maybe it's on that ball, and you could 
by the ball of someone. Yeah. And so I was watching the Kyrgios and Kokonakis doubles final and I saw <laughs> I saw it. I'm like lining it up and I like got my partner Chandler to like record it for me. I'm going back over the footage and like looking at the <laughs> looking at like the pinpoint and I clicked on this ball and I was like, I reckon it's this ball. The guy didn't have it for sale. So I offered 0.5 ETH and I sat with it for like maybe 10 minutes. And then I thought, oh, if it's not if it's not that 0.5 ETH is a lot to just chuck at a tennis ball that's not the right one. Yeah. So I withdrew my bid. And then the next morning I saw that someone else had offered him 0.5 after me and he accepted it and it was the championship ball. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's my story. Did you get a ball in the have you got? I haven't I haven't bought one yet. Okay. I haven't yeah. bought one yet. I was I was waiting for the tournament to be over, the price drop a bit, and I thought That'd be a great buy-in. And then after hearing Ridley last night, I uh, <laughs> you I'm now can get one. <laughs> <laughs> I bought 10 when I went back to the hotel and bought 10 yeah. straight away. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, and they've I think I saw that they've got plans to do more in around Australia. Um, from what I saw on their Twitter, I think they were um, they're teasing that they might, uh, you know, do ones in other places. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, Rock and I were thinking the whole time, NFT GC. Or NFT BNE. Um, yeah, to do to replicate the event that we were at, um, I think would just take another partner. Really, you, you just have to marry up with someone that might be a bit more versed at handling speakers. Um, but to organise something, you know, of that three to four hundred person range in a venue, I think is very possible and, and something we should definitely. Well, you know, we Aaron and I talked about in the last twenty four hours, so might be something we do in the next six months. Awesome. So if you're in Queensland, and I know, I know you're keen as well. I know oh, you're keen, keen as well. So. <laughs> keen yeah, <laughs> yeah I've definitely hitches up. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and like we've actually spoken about doing some similar stuff before, Brock. So that um, kind of works in a little bit. Um, all right. Well, that's that's pretty cool, boys. So um, I guess the takeaways are that uh, you couldn't really network as much as you wanted to, but all of the speakers and the content was really cool. Um, especially some of the, the latest stuff, um, about that. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's change pace a little bit. I've got a few quotes here that I heard, uh, during the week that I love. So you guys are going to love them as well, probably. Um, <laughs> but I just thought I'd give the quotes and then if there's any thoughts or, or, if, you know, they're not hot takes, I don't think, um, not to us anyway. Um, but I thought maybe we can just, you know, go through those and have a little think about what, uh, if you guys agree or elaborate on it. Um, so these quotes, the first quote is web two was about building audience and web three is about building community. What do you guys reckon about that? Do you think we need a different word than community? Because I feel like it's getting old. It's getting (laughs) overused. Well, I think, um, I actually said that. Yeah, last someone night. put it really great last night. I can't remember who it was, but they said, you know, like Web2 was all about, you know, building an audience on Facebook and like shooting out ads and targeted ads and SEO yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And now Web3 is all about community and how strong your community is. And yeah, um, I think it's definitely think, true. Yeah, they were kind of looking at it in the sense of like, you know, a, how a sales funnel would work previously and how you build something for a business would be you enter people in the sales funnel, you sell to them and then that's it. Like that's sort of the end of their journey. And then you, and then you create a new product and you sell that to them again. Like you just keep on doing that and putting people through. 
Whereas now kind of the more work and the more extensive work has to happen after the release of your, of your product. Um, you in, in NFT and Web3, it's like you kind of build up the hype and then after release is, is when the real, you know, work should be starting. And, and it's kind of interesting as we've sort of spent our time in the space a lot more to feel like you need to have, I'm actually over people building um, after the NFT drop. I think there should be, like if that's how you're going to do, then you shouldn't do as much of a drop. You should just have enough for you to get the project going. Like maybe split the drop up into two or three slots um, and get it going quicker or or have increments happening so people can understand a lot more. Because I'm finding a lot of projects are like, you know, and we can we've got the advantage of foresight now where we've been in the space since you know mid mid year last year. You projects now that I'm in still are building now still, and it's nearly twelve months later. Um, yeah. And you know that's fine, but it's like you're not really at the start. They're not saying in twelve months you'll still be here, and we still will kind of be nowhere in a sense of of like progress that yeah. is visible to you. Um, and I think that's been. Uh, a, a bit of a, a culture shock um, in a sense for founders, number one, um, in the space because they're trying to have to deal with the communities, the, the uproar in a sense and, and you know, not having the ability to run. And I think you and I, Jai, have talked about this before. It's like not having the, the – not ever having run a business or run a company before and now they're having to deal with 10,000 people looking at them going, where's this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and constantly just like smashing them. Um, so I think being more prepared for that and, and yeah, like it, it's tough that you want to stop saying the word community, but it really is like, that's it. It's gone. They've gone yeah. away from, away from web two, like a web, web one, that, that's what I was saying is web one was like community. And then we moved away from it in web two and now we're sort of back yeah. um, within web three. So I think, yeah. As much as you want to not say the word community, it really is focused yeah. on that. Um, second quote I've got here is, Web3 is being built now with or without you. We want everyone to help us build it so we get diverse thoughts and opinions. Um, I think that's a brilliant quote that we need to start telling people that that's why people need to get in on the space. What do you boys reckon about that? Yeah, agree. Agree. Yeah, it's like... You know, you have these people that, like, I don't know. I guess don't don't believe in the the use case or something, or they're looking at the use case wrong, and they just think it's like people just buying pictures of monkeys. But yeah. it's like the, the use case is so so global and so diverse. Um, yeah, it's like you know, yeah, it's it's like. It's like websites websites starting up and you going, no, nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have one of those. It's like it would Which be happened. everywhere eventually. And, well, that, and, and it's not like it's not like it's not like people died without having websites, but it's just yeah. like you were ten steps behind everyone else because other people were more open to the idea and explored it. The the use yeah, the use case becomes insane because you know, I was even I was watching a marketing for the now episode, um, like Gary V's one of Gary V's podcast things he does, um, and Mark Cuban was on there, and they were just like riffing on, 
random ideas that they felt would be great use cases for NFTs. And one that was mentioned that, you know, like this is how extensive they can go. And so far and deep is they were talking about uh, cliff notes for university students where, you know, you're going in and you're studying for that course or that class and the notes that you take in that class could essentially be sold as an NFT because you give them, you know, you're writing the notes, you give them to the next student, they purchase that NFT off you and then they have the right to essentially on-sell that those notes again to someone else. So you, you, you can create a product, a sell, saleable product to, you know, for anything. Essentially, it's just whether you can wrap your head around it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I just, yeah, I totally agree with the, the statement. All right, and one last statement that we're all going to agree with again. <laughs> These are all good statements. I want to, I want to, want to have a few uh, good things we could sort of just talk about. Um, it's not about what you've done before. It's about what you're going to do in Web3. Um, so I guess the idea of that you can be, you know, a lot of artists and people maybe don't own a lot of their own IP. Um, and so, you know, they might, it's sort of not about what you've done in the past. It's about what you're going to build in, in the web three space. Um, thoughts on that? I mean, some people do have their old IP, but, um, you know, labels and things own a lot of people's music. Um, you know, if you in film and stuff like that, all the characters you might have played are all owned by the, you know, the the um, production um, sort of company and stuff like that. Maybe your art, yeah, didn't, be, maybe not so much didn't, your art, visual art, but yeah, go on. Didn't, didn't, um, was it Reese Witherspoon? That was in there. Oh, he's episode. got it. He's got where all the quotes are from. <laughs> I was going to drop that at the end. Um, yeah. yeah. These are all Reese Yeah, that's what she, she said when she was talking about, um, uh, like actors and, and for, you know, thespians essentially coming into the space and thinking, oh, well, I'll just use that character that I, well, that I'm famous for, but they can't because they don't own the rights to that character. And it's a culture shock um, for these people that are developing these IPs essentially for other people, um, which is going to, like what she said, will change the core of the film industry. Because people will start signing contracts that say, I now own or at least a percentage of this IP. Otherwise, I will not appear as this this person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't do it in the sense of Batman or Superman or shit like that. But yeah, yeah. 100%, if you, you know, for in the case of Reese Witherspoon creating a legally blonde character, like you could do it for that because it's her that's creating the, the character. No one else could have done it, I, I feel, yeah. you know, as well as she she did that role. Yeah. And she essentially created now a memory that will live on for the people that have seen that movie in, in our generation. So it's really difficult to say you can't then have a piece of this or do something with the character. Like it seems, it seems the, the foresight for the the, the 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 companies that are controlling the IPs is fucking idiotic. But by not letting the the you know essentially approaching the actors and going, hey you want to do this we'll take a small cut but we'd love to mm. see you do something with it because it's only going to reinvigorate the a, a dead medium at the moment which is you know people going to the movies yeah and they're yeah, not getting fucking sales on dvds are they <laughs> <laughs> dvds yeah, that's it. <laughs> Blu-ray disc. Blu-ray. <laughs> now and if now we're on to NFTs. All right. Well, let's let's call this one then, boys, because um I, I enjoyed oh, hearing a little bit about the uh, NFT Melbourne. That was awesome. Um, I I I just had one more. Bit. All right. 
Let's go. What I wanted to add before Let's we shut it. it down. Let's do it. Sorry. Record scratch. I'm looking at time. That's all. It doesn't Remix. Matter. Let's do it. Um, What's up? So this is something that I saw this week that, well, probably it was a couple of days ago um, from a user on Twitter uh, talking about, and this is, this is something I, I probably harped on about in a different sense a month or two ago where I was talking about the current active Ethereum wallets there are in use. And I think at the time it was the back end of 2021, it was, there was like 800,000 active Ethereum wallets. So that's not in NFTs, that's just in the world. So in a day, that would, the 800,000 wallets would be activated in some sense or another, whether it be on a marketplace or exchange doing whatever they're going to be doing. Yep. So you think of that in relative terms to the world's population, it's a bum scratch. And then to think of NFTs in April, uh, I think in August last year, there was 500,000, no, 50,000 active wallets interacting with OpenSea. So that's August. That's obviously escalated more since then. Oh, yeah. But Coinbase current signups sit at three, um, three, uh, nearly 4 million. So the 3,700,000 at the moment, Coinbase signups for Coinbase NFT. Yeah. So it'll literally 4x, 5x, 6x the amount of current user base there is for, uh, for Ethereum-based marketplaces yep. um, as soon as they come into the market. So anyone that feels like Ethereum is going to take a dip or NFT is going to take, take a dip is just not even understanding what's going to happen once Coinbase enter the chat, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, they've, and Coinbase have been hyping. Like just mm. it's a, just Jesus. a slow drip hype hype campaign, and it's but, like I like it. It could be the open sea killer. Yeah, open sea had, had had such a bad rap, like for a while now. <laughs> it's just and, like and I think is Coinbase just letting them dig their own grave before they chuck the tombstone <laughs> on top? Yeah, this is the stat. It's like this number will nearly triple the amount of wallets. So not just Ethereum. Triple the amount of wallets interacting with non-fungible tokens at the moment. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember hearing them talk about one of the people talking about. They said they start on Ethereum and then they are going to eventually um, have like Solana and stuff like that within their system. Um, but they're yeah, they're starting obviously with Ethereum, the the uh, the big boy. So um, yeah, that's interesting. And I think as well they spoke about that they'll have you'll be able to uh, have a non-custodial or a custodial wallet. So you'll either be able to hold it uh, in a wallet that you control yourself or they'll be able to hold it for you. Um, so if it's, you know, if it's something that costs a heap of money, maybe you want them to hold it so that they don't lose it. Um, I mean, in theory, they shouldn't lose it. But <laughs> so, At least yeah, then I they'll think, be liable. Yeah, but I think, but I think, that's, um, I think that's a good feature to have because it, you know, it helps – people who are new to the space to be able to come in and not have to actually set up a wallet per se. Um, and then also has, um, you know, the other option. Nifty Gateway has done that as well. They just announced that you can connect a wallet to them now. Um, so they'll have, uh, they have that, that same sort of functionality, um, which is cool. So, um, yeah. Is that, the, is that the quote or the, the thought? Uh, Brock, was there any more to it, or you just wanted to? Yeah, no, no, that's that's it. It's, it's just to yeah. just to remind people how early this podcast is and how early they can still be to this space. Yeah. You have you have a good, and I'm, I've said it before, one to five years from today um, to to figure out what you want to do and enter the space. 
you know, and it's not for everyone. We're not saying every single person should get into NFTs, um, but it, they're definitely going to, there'll be a space in the world where in the next decade, you won't, you'll at some point in your normal everyday life interact with non-fungible tokens just because this, it's a smart play for anyone that wants to exchange data, <laughs> Yeah, basically. A safe like that, and smart play. And like that middle quote that I said um, that I was, you know, from Reese Witherspoon is that it's being built now, like a lot of the Web3 stuff, like the infrastructure and the, you know, the launch pads for NFT. Yeah, there's so, the much, so much infrastructure yet to be built. Yeah, exactly. But it's all starting to happen now. And I think the important thing is because it's such a collaborative space, uh, particularly at the moment, um, you know, if you want to be involved in this sort of next Web3 um, thing now's the time to get in and start meeting people and talking to people and you know and doing different things because people are very collaborative at the moment like you know um there's uh i suppose we can probably announce that we're doing some stuff or maybe we'll hold off for that we'll hold off on that one we'll let some <laughs> we'll, we'll have a little fomo build for with everyone uh, but we've got some some. We've got a collaboration coming up. We've got a collaboration coming up, um, and as a podcast that's only been out a month, we think that's pretty incredible that we've just been yeah. able to do that just from um, just because of the way the space is at the moment. It's just everyone's keen to help each other, and people are keen to collaborate and get ideas and things. So um, that's why I think the space is so exciting at the moment. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get out of here then. Wrap it up. Boys can get some sleep. Um, after your, your big trip, um, nice get away for the non-fungible couple. <laughs> we we had single beds, but come on, man. Pushed them together though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. All right, cool. Um, everyone out there, go and follow the Twitter um, now we've now got a Twitter for the podcast. Um, so it's yeah, we don't have to promote ourselves. We, can just promote, we don't have to promote uh, ourselves. We'll just promote the podcast. It's at NFT uh, Project Pod, NFT Project Pod. Uh, so you should be able to find that pretty easy. We'll put links in the show notes. Um, but as always, ProjectDJ.io um, and BoykingKoi.io. Once that's up, otherwise just BoykingKoi. Cool. All right. Well. Um, that's it. Let's go. See you later. Catch have you, have a good day. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Catch you, everyone.